The Forum at 8 with Sakina Kamwendo on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. And thank you so much for tuning in. If you've just done so, if you've been with us all morning, thanks so much for staying with us. Well, this morning on the Forum at 8, we are focusing on what's happening at the University of KwaZulu-Natal and uh, several of their campuses and what the situation there is currently like. But before we get to that story, um, uh, just another story that piqued my interest, uh, a report on South African universities dropping in world rankings. Now, um, uh, according uh, to a QS World University Ranking Survey, uh, there's been a marked drop and uh, the best-ranked tertiary institution in South Africa, the University of Cape Town, has slipped 20 places. Now, apart from the new entrants, the Northwest University and the University of the Western Cape, who were both ranked in the 700-plus category all South African universities, which had previously featured in the survey conducted by higher education think tank uh, a QS, declined in rank and some by more than 100 places. So uh, UCT dropped from 171 last year to 191 this year. Wits University declined uh, 28 places to 359 from last year's 331. Uh, The University of Pretoria, they've been demoted from um, 501 to 550 and uh, to uh, the 551 to 600 uh, category there. And the survey found that seven of the nine South African universities uh, that had declined in terms of their academic reputation and also in terms of employer reputation. And they were also ranked lower for teaching quality as determined by the faculty to student ratio. So I uh, just thought that was quite interesting. Meanwhile, the University of KwaZulu-Natal has suspended classes for the next two weeks as a result of protests by students. Earlier, firefighters struggled to put out a fire at the library building at the university's Howard College in Durban. In another building, 68 physically challenged female students had to be evacuated from their residence at uh, the Durban campus last night following a fire. The situation remains tense at the university where police dispersed a group of protesting students following the torching of six cars and a building at the Westville campus. Uh, 22 students, including the SRC president, were arrested for public violence and also for contravening a court order. The students are the university and uh, are the university uh, and the university management uh, are set to meet uh, to discuss these issues. Uh, but uh, we'll talk about some of the demands and also how and why the situation has been allowed to escalate to these levels. So this morning on the forum at eight, we ask what needs to be done to bring back normalcy, some learning and teaching at the UKZN campuses. And our guest to talk to us about this, Mr. Lesiba Sishoka, a UKZN spokesperson. Thanks for speaking to us this morning, Mr. Sishoka. Thank you, Sakina, and to the SASM listeners. And we also have joining us from our uh, Durban studios, UKZN's Howard College SRC Deputy President, uh, Sunshine Miende. Thanks for speaking to us this morning. Good morning. Good, um, good morning, Mr. Lesiva. Good morning. Now, uh, firstly, uh, let me just start off, uh, Mr. Sishoka, and ask you, how did we get to this point? What has led UKZN to this impasse that we see currently? You know, uh, Sakina, it's the UKZN has got this history of uh, seriously 
violent protest action since uh, last year, where we have seen the poaching of the MW Makoba building, uh, costing the university over 70 million rands. So what we are seeing here is, is some kind of a new trend of student politics, uh, violent politics, where a new culture is now emerging that you need to torch buildings. And this is, is, we have seen this in the local press where some of the students have been quoted as saying that uh, in the evening they've got discussions, uh, you know, informal across campuses to plan strategic destruction of property. I'm not so sure whether there is indeed something called strategic destruction of property, but this is the concept they use. We have always been engaging with our students. We've made our leadership available to discuss issues that are of concern to them. And for most of, most, most of the time, we've agreed to, to disagree. For example, if you look at how we arrived here now, there are two sticking issues that they put in addition to about 70 of their other demands. And they said to us, we need to start with these two issues. Uh, because if we agree on these two issues, then we'll be convinced that we can agree on the rest of the issues. And the two issues were, we demand that the SRC president must sit in the executive. Uh, we also demand that all charges against students must be dropped. So these are the two issues that we could not reach an agreement. And I will tell you why we can't reach an agreement on an issue such as dropping of charges against all students. We believe that as a university we will be defeating the ends of justice that when buildings are torched, when we lost a building last year, when students are going against the rules of the university, we should continue to say, look, there's no problem. Uh, let's continue as if nothing has happened. Because in that way we are encouraging an environment where there shall never be any law and order. And the NPA, as well as the police, had visited us last year. And they said to us in no uncertain terms that uh, we will not allow UKZN at this point or any point in the future to, to discuss with students and agree with them on the issue of dropping of charges. Because when there are problems, we send the police to go out of their way to do their jobs, leaving other important jobs that they're supposed to be doing to help you to arrest the perpetrators and bring them to book. And therefore, if you are saying that you drop charges, you are defeating the ends of justice. And as a university, we believe strongly in that, that if we allow this to happen, then we'll have no university at all. So we could not agree on that. The second one is that they want to sit on the executive management committee. Now, that is equivalent to really just going against any corporate governance rules in this way. The Student Representative Council says in the University Council, which is the highest decision-making body of the university, they serve on the Senate, which is also the highest decision-making body in terms of academic matters at the university. They serve on the institutional forum. Now they are saying, we want to serve in the executive committee. And we are saying, look, the people that serve 
in the executive committee of the university are appointed by council. So if you want to talk about that, you can't discuss that with us, but you can discuss that with council when it meets on the 19th. So generally, we agree that the issue of dropping charges and uh, um, as well as the issue of uh, sitting in the exec will be discussed at that point in time. Then all hell then breaks loose, buildings are banned, there must be an emergency council, and, you know, otherwise if there's no emergency council, the university must not continue with its teaching and learning until that council of the 19 meets. This is where we are. Sunshine, what's your response? How do you view how you got here as the student body? I think some of the things that Mr. Lesebe has highlighted are not a true reflection of what has happened. First of all, I'll start with the issue of the SRC demanding that the charges be dropped. What the university did was last year when we had a memorandum, when we handed in the memorandum and we had our negotiations, we demanded that a commission must be set up because there are two issues here. A state can be in a position to lay charges on you. Then the university have their own rules. We have a proctor that... Uh, disciplines or, or seeks to maybe implement rules in the university. So the university, the, the state might not find you guilty, but the university has 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 made their own kangaroo court where they charge us and exclude you, even if you're not. There's no evidence that you bring in that in that in that so-called court. You don't even have a lawyer or whatsoever. When you get there, there's something called Rule 14 where you just exclude you if you're a suspect. Or anything, so it's not true that as a SRC we don't want uh, any charges to be laid on any student. What we say is, want a commission to be set up to find the, the real, the real, and the true instigators of what happened from last year. Even now, with what we say is that the commission should be put on hold, and the clear references should be given to that commission on what the commission seeks to find and who forms part of that commission. Because what the university went and did, the vice chancellor himself, he went there and set up the commission. The report of the commission is sitting in his office. Is the only one who knows what the commission brought to. So that's what we disputed as the SRC leadership. We want to form part of that commission and we give a clear references of what the commission should be should should, should seek to find out. Because we also want to believe that it's not only students that instigated the issue of, of, of the touching down of buildings. There might have been factors and, and, and we doubt we don't have enough evidence. I think that's the reason why the state uh, suspended uh, the charges on those students that we supposedly uh, the ones that had touched down the buildings. So the state has, has, has dropped the charges. I don't understand why then the university wants to put on charges and exclude students on those issues. That's our point on the issue of of, um, of the charges. And on the second issue, we truly believe that there can never be anything about us without us. This uh, The executive management committee that, the committee that Mr. Lesseva speaks about, what it does is it, it, it runs... It's a committee that sits to see how the university runs on a day-to-day basis. It sits every week. And to come to think that in the council, there are only two members of the SRC that sit there against about 40 members of council. And council only only sits four times in a year. So in the, in the, in, during those four months, there are many things that need to be to be decided upon that touch on us as students. Only what we need, we need this President General who on the same on the same statute of the university that guides all of us in the university and even guides how the council should function. It speaks of the President General being called a chief executive officer 
of of the SRSN and students at large. So we don't find how is it how is it uh, um, something out of the blues for 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 the president to sit there. We're not saying that the president should go there, maybe take over decisions or whatever. But what we want, we want the president general to give insight on the issues on the ground. Because something that we should we should know if the president general was sitting in that EMC, all this touching down of buildings, the protests, all these issues that we've raised as students would have been sorted out if only the president was there. Because the president was going to give insight on what's happening on the ground. The state of resistance is that the EMC has failed all these years to, to improve and to implement some of the resolutions that were taken back in the days by, by, by the previous vice chancellor. That has not been done because it's, it's, it's something else. The council is there to, is the highest decision making body, but the EMC are the ones that recommend the issues to council because council members are people that are not always here on the ground. EMC are the ones that are running the university. So one, as, 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 as students, why have the largest stakeholders in the university? That's why you want to be in that EMC, in that EMC to provide insight on many issues that are affecting us as students. Because when we asked them, they, talked to us, uh, they told us that Dr. Chalufu is there on behalf of us. Dr. Chalufu is not an SRC member. He's neither a student. So it can't be proper that our issues are being brought forward by Dr. Chalufu, who is the Executive Director of Student Services. He doesn't know our issues. He's never been to our residences to see the state of, of the residences that we live in. He's not there in our campuses to see how unsafe we are as females. So really, I don't understand why the university is refusing us to be part of, of that EMC, even in the statute in the Section 53, uh, actually in Section 41 uh, point B. It says that the... The president is the CEO of, 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 of the SRC, of which I don't understand why then they hinder us into being part of that EMC. Uh, listening to you, am I hearing that you are, in a sense, condoning what was happening here in terms of the arson attacks on the university? I'm not condoning that. I think as a SRC, we have even let out a statement to say that we, we condone, we, we were very disappointed, firstly, and we distance ourselves from any form of arson and, and, and torching down of buildings that have taken a place uh, in those few weeks. And the other thing that we want to say is that it's, it doesn't make sense for a student to torch down a building that has disabled students living in it. I want to understand the students living in that, in that particular residence are students living with disabilities, students in a wheelchair. I don't understand how they get up from their wheelchairs and touch down the building, the very same building that they live in. For me, it doesn't make sense. I think the issue here is that many people, like the, whole, the population is now speaking about the burning of the buildings, but the, the attention is now drifting away from the police brutality that we face. A student was raped at Peter Marysburg. I thought it might be Mr. Leseba was going to touch on that issue that we faced as a female was raped uh, Monday night by an SAPS uh, official. But that is not in the news. Nobody is talking about it. Everyone has drifted their attention to the burning of the building. I think this is a sabotage to our struggle as, as, as leadership and students because now uh, the attention is drifting away from the issues that we're talking about. The issues of fee increment, the issues of, of residences, the main issues that made, led us to be here. Now everybody is touching is talking about the buildings and not the issues on the ground. Uh, we we I think that's where we stand right now. Mr. Sishoka? Yeah, well look, I think there are just a number of incorrect uh, things that uh, Sunshine has uh, spoken about. The first is that uh, to say that the student, uh, the SRC president is the CEO of the SRC, that's true. But being a CEO of the SRC, uh, 
and the president of the SRC does not make you an executive, nor does the statute allow you to be in the executive management committee. It doesn't say that. It says that the students shall be represented in all structures of the university, and indeed they are. Because when you talk about executive management, you are talking about the committee of the university, uh, where students are not sitting. But generally, all structures, except that committee, they, they, they do serve in those structures. Mm. So when uh, they say them to, when uh, they say they are not represented, um, why is the university not even opening to listening to you know what they are saying in terms of the representation that is there and the fact that it does not take into account their material lived conditions? You see, again. Um, it is not that we are not listening to the student. We've listened to them. We've sat down with them. And we have agreed to disagree. And then we said, okay, look, this is where we are. How do we move forward? Because we, we are not agreeing on this. It's also not within our jurisdiction to be taking a decision on this matter. So they said to us, look, let's try and present this to council. As students, we want to do that. And then we then spoke to council, and council said, well, look, uh, they are very much welcome to come and present the demands that uh, you guys feel to deal with. Uh, and once we, we listen to those demands, we can make our decision. And we have said to the students, this is where we are now. Can we then continue with uh, the business of the university, wait for council to sit, and then have a that discussion? They have agreed to that. But all of a sudden, we see buildings have been tossed. We are told that if that council is not happening like tomorrow, then there shall be no university here. This is where we are. So I'm just struggling to understand why people cannot find each other. And uh, given the current state of affairs at the various campuses of UKZN, who is this benefiting? How is anyone benefiting from what is going on right now? But uh, Sunshine, are you you unhappy still uh, in terms of what Mr. Sashoka is actually presenting? I think the issue here is that uh, the university management has not taken us serious. That's the issue here. Because in the very statute of the university that guides us, it speaks of an emergency council whereby the Vice-Chancellor is in a position to call an urgent council meeting. And even uh, uh, there's another one that says uh, in seven days and the other one for 24 hours. And we deadlocked like weeks ago. It, it, it speaks to us that these issues are not, are not, they're not taking them serious. That's the issue here. And, and they've shown a level of arrogance to us because the first meeting, they didn't come. That's the truth of the matter. They didn't come. They stood up on us because it, it, it doesn't make sense when we call a meeting at four o'clock and you tell us at around 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock that you didn't know about the meeting, you don't have answers to our, to our questions. And when we, when we ask you about, and, and when we try to bring our, our, our argument on the table, why we should be in the EMC, you tell us it's nonsensical, it's stupid. So uh, uh, it, it, to me, the university does when I come to the table. Obviously, in the negotiation is a matter of compromise and showing an eager for us to see it. For me, they don't want us to study. That's why we're saying suspending of lectures is not the solution here. They have suspended the lectures, but them suspending a, a, a lectures is, is, is not the solution. It's not what we want, a student leadership. What we want, we want to study. 
because we've been prepared not to go for the for the for the September holidays and continue with our studies, bearing in mind that so much time has been has uh, has 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 gone by without us studying. So we're prepared to do that. We're prepared to come to the table and speak to them. But the level of arrogance is really appalling to us. Because if you stand up in a meeting and go and tell us that what we're bringing to you is nonsensical, for me, it's something else. I don't know whether I, I really I fail to understand. Mm. Uh, there is a problem here. I, I think uh, also a, a situation, a stance that says we will agree to disagree does not move the situation forward. Yes. Uh, because, you know, how then do you proceed from here on in, Mr. Sushoka? Look, Zagina, uh, I, I, I don't think that you are interpreting me correctly. Uh, in all the discussions that you will have, you will always reach a point where you actually, you know, just agree that you are not agreeing. Yeah. And when you reach that point, you actually chat a way forward and say, because in a way, uh, we are all conflicted in it. Um, and because this falls within the jurisdiction of council. So here's an opportunity that we have. We've got council that is meeting on the 19th of September. So we said to the student, how about if these issues are brought to council on the 19th of September? They had agreed. But initially, we actually wanted to call an emergency council. And we realized that uh, as the chair was uh, talking to the fellow council members, he realized that there would be no corrupt uh, if it was be, to be called immediately. Then we pleaded with the students and say, would you be prepared to send a delegation of about five people to council to present this on the 19th of September? They have agreed to that. So as far as we are concerned, we had found a way forward where the university will continue to function a uh, uh, council will meet and they will come and meet and talk to council and let's see if we can actually resolve those issues. But is the university see, functioning right now? When, no, wait again. You see, when, when you have reached that agreement, but people pull out of that agreement and the only thing you see is the buildings that have been burned you now realize that, okay, we thought that uh, we had agreed to make the university function, so obviously it's not functioning. What is the way forward? And the way forward was that, look, let's, let's do this. Instead of bringing, allowing the students to go on recess normally uh, from next Friday, let the, let's allow them to go now and come back on the 20th. Uh, on the 19th, there will have been a meeting of council, and they will have been allowed to come and present their issues. So hopefully they will be resolved by that time, and then the following day we can proceed. So that's how we see the situation. What is going on at the University of uh, KwaZulu-Natal, and what needs to be done to bring back learning and teaching at UKZN campuses? I couldn't help but think of a, a book that I got. I got it sometime last year, and it's uh entitled The End of Power by uh, Moses Naim and it speaks of um, you know power and how it has evolved and how you have your traditional repositories of power uh, whether they be academic 
political, social, in all forms, how those power structures are now being challenged by smaller entities. And uh, then he also, you know, warms uh, uh, warns of how this will change uh, various other notions of how we actually deal with power and also looking at the way in which society is becoming more restrained but also uh, more anarchic during these uh, power shifts uh, and, and and I just think it's an interesting book to read especially given the way things are going globally at this point but at UKZN uh, seemingly um, you know the management and students are not quite finding each other on the issues that really matter but we want to hear from you as well on 891 uh, tweet or SMS us uh, uh, you can use the SMS line number 34701 tweet or Facebook AM live on SAFM using the Hashtag AM Live. Uh, we're speaking to Miss Sunshine Miende, who's UKZN's Howard College SRC Deputy President. And we also have uh, from uh, UKZN, uh, the institution, Mr. Lesiba Seshoka. So uh, let's hear from uh, some of our listeners, uh, their views on what is going on here. Asain Midrand, good morning. Good morning. Yeah, just my contribution, I'll start with Sunshine. I mean, I feel young people. Uh, firstly, I studied at VETS in the early 2000s, and I'm currently working in a private company um, in a very senior position. So I'm getting a sense in South Africa that um, you as young people, you're not balancing your accountabilities and responsibilities. And I'm not talking specifically about this um, case today, but with students generally, there's been a lot of strikes and burning of things which is an extension of what is happening in South Africa. And yes, it doesn't mean that things are perfect in South Africa. I mean, when I studied, I come from a very poor family background. I didn't have money. We must have had some issues. But I think ultimately, in terms of results, we managed to go uh, to a point where you can get results in terms of degrees and contribution in terms of um, society. So I don't think with a lot of these... um, strikes and bringing of things that's happening in the country in the long run. I don't think we're moving into the right direction. So I think we have to also create a culture whereby we balance rights that the youth believe that they have with the responsibility. So I'm worried now because I'm hearing a lot of students striking about a lot of things, but where is a space where students are actually going to study, put the effort in terms of doing the work and study? I mean, I don't think it's worth losing a lot of time. Okay, we got you there, Asa, uh, calling us from Midrand. Let's hear from Elijah in Makado. Good morning. Good morning, Sakina, and good morning to the listeners of SFM. I think the point is here. Uh, to solve this kind of a problem, as a former student leader, I think that the, 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 the council or the Senate, the issue do is simple, to call an urgent council meeting. Because to suspend the class or to, to, to end for this term is not going to help them because they are going to have another problem because they are going to be a student who are going to stand behind. They are students as far as coming from uh, Limpopo province, as far as coming from other countries. Where are they going to sleep? And you must remember UKZN is the, is the university of the poor and the working class. There are children that are students that are not going to have money to go back to their various places. So I think the a, a, a issue here, uh, Mr. Sishoka, he must not come and act as, 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 as innocent here. We, as a student leaders, we are saying he should at least call 
an urgent Senate meeting. It should be rather be done in 24 hours or rather be done in seven days. I think that's my point to solve this kind of a problem, Sakina, because what I have learned is that universities wait for 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 for, for, for situation to turn tense until they take students seriously. Thanks, Sakina. Thanks so much, Elijah. Uh, Mulaudi in Johannesburg, good morning. Thanks, thanks. Let me shoot straight, Sakina. I, I think... Uh, Mr. Fishoka, I I have I, I don't really get his points because you know you know you know he, I mean whatever he says is typical of a westernized university in a sense that how come you justify whatever you justify as a result you don't provide leadership at university you wait for conservative institutional protocols while there are dynamic realities of the lived experiences of black students on campus which are poor. I don't really get his point. Because, you know, you know we, I was at, a, at UKZ and Howard College campus. We dealt with one and the same issue that students are raising. And students are justified. We are not condoning violence. But we are saying the university must not, must not close its eyes and ears to the plight of the poor students. Mm-hmm. And all what he's saying, basically, is to say, look, he's trying to be, you know, too, too protocol-driven, while there are serious issues that have to be dealt with. Lastly, Sunshine, we are in support of you. And I think uh, the Young Communist League has condemned the uh, violence and has condemned any uh, burning of property. But the university also must understand that students, especially the socially and economically disenfranchised students, are, face, are facing and experiencing multifaceted forms of violence. Academic exclusion is violence. Financial exclusion is violence. And in many other forms of violence that even female students experience on campus at university. So he must not come and play innocent as if they are not aware of these things. They are in actual fact servicing a neoliberal, a neocolonial university that is still westernized. That is not even understanding the plight of the poor. So he cannot come and play innocent and say, look, students are raising. And, 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 and lastly, Sakina, you know when students were taking up issues in the 1970s, they were labeled and referred to as the lost generation, but they achieved their generational mission. Even now, when students are taking up issues, they will be labeled and by the liberal media that they are banning property. And the, the primary thing that is going to become a narrative is the banning of property, as opposed to the future of students that is being squandered by a westernized neoliberal university that is supposed to be transformed. And if a PTA in the Daily Sugar is from Union, he must understand two issues of transformation. He cannot read about the Bush and say students and all those things and run away from convening a council without following conservative institutional protocols. They must provide leadership. They must provide, they must never ever put students' future at risk simply because they get paid. I mean, the, the university, Sakina, is composed of your, your, your managerial professional class, which flies all over. Even the very council they are speaking about, it is consists of executives from business. They are not. They don't give a damn about students' future. They just convene and just as a formality for reports and everything else. But when it comes to issues of transformation, they are nowhere to be seen. And okay. they just want to raise issues when property is burning. And even at that time, they want to isolate the burning of property from the broader issues of transformation. That students are justified. Okay. To raise their issues, but they are not justified to ban property. But the university must not set the agenda and say students are banning property and all those things. While when they are failing to transform the university, that they are tasked with transforming.
Thank you so much, Malaudi in Johannesburg. Uh, Jonathan in Peter Maritzburg, what's your take? Uh, good morning, Julian. Listen, I think it's totally ridiculous that students are burning property. I mean, that is a no-no. You don't get your point across by destroying other people's property. And, I mean, they are so stupid that they're going to have to replace that property because now, and there's no way that the government could drop something. Let's be realistic about this. Somebody just hasn't got the money to pay for everybody. And if you're going to do one thing for one person, it must be done for all. Not that rich people pay for the poor, as they say, because normally the whites are... Or look at as as the rich, which is a total lot of nonsense. I mean, these students that have uh, burned people's cars and the property, they should be expelled and put into jail. That's what they need to be done to them. It's okay. arson, it's destructive. Throw them in jail and kick them out of the university because these are the people in the future that uh, that is destroying the the other students. Plus, they are the ones who are going to be leading us. He's like, what type of leaders are we going to get in the future? Thank you so much, Jonathan and Peter Maritzburg. And let's start on that point because I want to link it to what uh, Aza's point was earlier about balancing rights and responsibilities by the students. Sunshine? Thank you very much. I think it's, it's very unfair when we start to say students burned the buildings. When, why can't we allow a situation of investigation to take place? Why is it up until today the university has not told us or caught the people that, re, that did the real damage to the, to the upper cafeteria at Howard College? Because the issue comes to that. There are no cameras. They don't have any footage of what happened. Because if, if you went to Harvard College, the cafeteria that was burned, that took a lot of a lot of effort, a lot of strength into touching down that building, of which it's something that the security should have seen, the cameras should have seen, and nothing has, has been brought forward. But what's going to happen from today is that SOC members or, or student leadership or students at large are going to be arrested and victimized for things that they don't know. Why, why are we not questioning the issue of, of the MI7 security guards, those thugs that have been brought to our campus? Because something that people are not, are not putting into consideration is that there are thugs as we speak in our campus. People that we, do, we don't even know their names, don't know anything about them. That's a littering. In, in our buildings. As I said in the beginning that for me, this is a support touch to our struggle because now as the, the, the previous uh, caller spoke that this is was stupid, were, were nonsensical, all those names were being, were being labeled and we're being, were being brutalized for things that we didn't do. So let's allow a process of investigation if it means SAPS, if it means everyone to come into board so we can find the real culprits. It, it's, not, it's not fair for, for, for people to then to say, it's students is who what if it's even the management themselves that bent down the building so that we can look at, as the bad people here why, why are we not looking at, into that perspective why are people generalizing and concluding on, on issues that the students that bent down let an investigation that's why we said from last year let a commission be formed and all those corporates all everyone who has been involved in the touching down of buildings with clear and proper evidence they should be in jail we agree to that as src it's not like we're disagreeing to that fact mm-hmm. it's fair like, enough but will you assist actively assist yes, in bringing the culprits yes At, on the very same day when the howard college uh cafeteria was bent down as the src released a statement to say that 
any student who saw anything regarding the issue of the, of the cafeteria, can those students come to us or go to RMS and provide statement and legit evidence? Because my fear in this, in, the, in this thing might be that the wrong people will be caught for, 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 for supposedly doing the, the, the touching down of buildings. Because the other thing we know is the university is fond of, of victimizing, of victimizing student leadership. So such things we don't want it to happen. That's why we need an external person to form part of that commission so that, the, that there'll be a clear and a fair way of dealing with the issue of, 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 of touching down of buildings. Mr. Sishoka, uh, some of the listeners saying that the institution essentially is failing to provide leadership in this instance and that you are rigid, you inflexible and uh, showing some arrogance as opposed to dealing with this in some urgency. Thank you, Sakina. You know, we, as a university, it's very easy for people to point fingers when they are away from the actual fire. The reality of the matter is that as a University of KwaZulu-Natal, we are actually at the forefront of transformation, the most transformed institution in South Africa. Now, if, if anyone is going to be accusing the university of uh, uh, refusing transformation by refusing to uh, listen to the students' demands, I don't see how. I don't see how the issue of uh, dropping of charges, for example, uh, has got to do with transformation. And if transformation means that uh, all buildings must be burned and we must support that and then allow the students to study under the trees, we refuse to be part, that, part of that kind of transformation as university leaders. We totally reject that kind of, uh, of, of approach. But secondly, you see, if you look at the, the issues that the students are raising, they are seriously conflicting issues. I mean, I've been listening to Sunshine here. Uh, she is raising very important points. However, here are the problems. You see, you cannot say that you are totally against people that are burning buildings, while at the same time you are saying that you will, of course, support the university in arresting that and saying, now withdraw the charges. We are saying it is true that uh, we do have the necessary evidence. The police have got the evidence, as, as she has indicated earlier on, where she said that uh, students were arrested and, uh, you know, the charges were, they were released and so on. What I know for a fact is that those charges were reinstated by the NPA, and that case is continuing. So, and the students should not be the ones that are going to be saying, no, because those are student leaders, they should not have been arrested, they should not be prosecuted, uh, mm. you are just abusing them and so on. Let these people stand in court and let the university lose the case, then we would have, they would have a strong case to say, uh, truly, our, our leaders have been victimized. So we have got uh, sufficient information, and the police have arrested them, and like we have said before, we are not about to, uh, to drop the charges. And it's mm-hmm. unfair for the SRC to expect that uh, buildings would be torched. After buildings have been torched, they should be commissioned. We don't support the kind of, of approach of having a commission, establishing a commission each time buildings are, are banned. We're saying that there are law enforcement agencies that should be allowed and given space to do their job, to arrest and prosecute people that, as Sunshine puts it, are interfering with their struggles. Is that an but unfair proposition, Sunshine? If should be dropped, then they are saying, uh, well... We support people who are interfering with our, stri- our struggle.
Let me let me get Sunshine to respond to that. Is there an, uh, is that an unfair uh, position proposition that's been put on the table? The thing is, Mr. Lesiba, they agreed on the issue of the commission being set up, and as we speak, uh, Dr. Albert Fanasfold has the report of the previous commission. But our, our our point and our argument is that we needed to sit down, all of us as all stakeholders, and we have a clear reference of the commission. What commission seeks to find? And have an external person who's going to be neutral into this case. And what we said again is that we don't want the we want people that were responsible or involved in the issue of touching down buildings to be brought into book because even for us, it's vandalizing and even tarnishing the image of the SRC. So it's not fair when Mr. Lesebe said that as SRC, we want the charges to be dropped for people that have been found guilty by the law. But what we don't want, what the, we don't want the university management to victimize and and, 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 and abuse us in the process. Because right now, our president general has been arrested, Mr. Sanzongkiti. For something that nobody has enough evidence to say that he, he was involved in anything. And from what I heard, Mr. Sanzongit was going there to advocate for students. And then Mr. Derek, the person that is involved for security, was like, arrest him. So as SOCs and, and student leadership at large were being targeted and victimized by the very same university. And another thing that happened, that is Mr. Lesebe is not highlighting on the issue of the law enforcement officers, the SAPS, they've brutalized and, 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 and injured student, innocent students that even, even not form part of the protest. They went to a residence on Monday, on, on Tuesday, my, my, my apology, on Tuesday, and they let out a tear gas in a residence that, that, uh, students, uh, that students living with disabilities stay in. How can you express a person who is in a wheelchair when you, you, you have let out a tear gas to get up from his bird or whatsoever and get into a wheelchair and run? So Mr. Lesebe is not speaking on all those issues that are affecting us. A student has mm. been raped, but he's not touching on that. I'm coming to that, but let me hear from you. If you feel that there isn't sufficient evidence uh, for the processes that are being carried out now um, against your student uh, president, uh, the leadership president, why don't you allow the law to take its course? Because surely he will be vindicated then. We, we we are allowing the process. We say that if everyone, if the university or the law enforcement, they have enough evidence, then those processes, they should take on. But we don't want the situation where there's no evidence. A person just wants to deal with us. Then they just wake up and, and they say, um, SAPS should arrest us. My fellow can look with me here in my cousins yesterday. That but 14 men then came to her house looking for her, wanting to arrest her. Unfortunately, she wasn't in her room. So uh, there's a level of victimization when it comes to student leadership in all this, but it's still okay. taking place. Let's, let's address that, Mr. Sashoka. Uh, the victimization and, and, and this very critical issue of a student who was allegedly raped by a police officer. Does the university have any knowledge of that? Well, uh, thank you, Sakina. You see, uh, let's separate two issues here. You see, when people who are students are approached by the law enforcement agencies to be arrested, that is not victimization. It is the law taking its course because there's no way that the police could just come to you and want to arrest you if they do not have prima facie evidence that there's something that, has, that you have done. And when that happens, I urge the student to submit themselves and let them be cleared in court that they are not responsible. That is only fair to do so. So it could not be called victimization when that is happening. Secondly, the issue of um, the reported rape in Peter Marisbeck, and I want to put this clear.
This matter came to the university uh, yesterday, and we are aware that a, a, a criminal case has been opened in Peter Marisberg for sexual assault against a police officer. But even in the docket, it is stated that that matter did not take place on campus. It is, it is in the docket. So as a university, we are following up because this is one of our students. We want to know what exactly transpired. We are an interested party because we are here to ensure that our students are safe. And one of the reasons why we, the police are here to arrest whoever is really going against the university interdict that we obtained is to ensure that the majority of our students who want to go to school and to be in classes are able to do so peacefully, and that the thousand or so that are really causing havoc on campus are able to resolve them. And we, I want to appeal to the SRC, if they are seriously committed to talks and to resolve the issue, let them come forward to, to discussions, and let them not say to us, that you either meet the issue of us sitting in the executive or uh, dropping the charges, uh, otherwise we don't discuss. Okay. We said to them, we said to them, you have brought to us 72 issues. Now we have got two sticky issues. Can we move on to the 70 other issues and leave the two other issues for council to resolve in their meeting? They rejected that and said to us, they will not want to speak to management anymore. They only want council. All right. Let's pause there for a minute uh, because listeners want to also participate in this discussion. 891 We don't have much time, so please get to the point. Uh, let's go to Pretoria first. Kabina, good morning. Hello, hello. Are you speaking to Jason Putin? Are you speaking? Am I on air? Uh, you are. Okay, cool. Thank you. So what I want to say is the following. Um, I think what's happening here, like you spoke about the book that you mentioned about power. Notice how um, the young lady mentioned at the beginning of the show that what the SRC wants is for representation on a particular board or committee or whatever. Now, instead of all that being discussed in the university willing to share power, we are now instead dwelling on the issues of burning buildings, this and the third. The people will not be represented. I'm sorry, I was walking stairs at another breath. <laughs> the students aren't getting an opportunity to, to be represented on the seating of boards that matter for how their lives are managed. The university is not allowing that because they want to exercise power in a traditional fashion that doesn't take away from the power and over finances and administration that they enjoy today. If they let those kids in there, the direct implication will be that those kids will have a direct say in how those monies are spent and how that university is actually managed. I'm going to leave it there. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, Gavine, let's speak to Tulani in Rustenburg. Good morning, Tulani. Hello, Tulani. Okay, Tulani. Hi. Hi. Um, Sakina, I'm just calling in as a parent who is very much concerned about the state of affairs in the AUGZN. And I just want to just give a very short and concise message to both uh, Mr. Sushoka and uh, and, uh, Sunshine. I'm going to start with Sunshine. Sunshine, we as parents send you guys to school to get school, to get skills to be knowledgeable so that you can leave this country, unlike the current situation we're facing in South Africa. Mr. Sishoka, you guys are in leadership of a tertiary institution. The students should be represented in that uh, ECM. Make sure they are. This is not about you know, what you guys feel your egos are about. 
Thank you, Tulani. Uh, let me give you uh, 15 seconds to wrap it, Sunshine. The issue here is that we appeal to the university management and and, and, and and council together that can they come on the table before the 19th of September? Come and we talk. Because here at the end of the day, both of us have something to lose. Some of us as, as students, we have families that are looking up for us to, to, to go finish our degrees and go bring back to our communities, communities as well as families. So suspending lectures and all this, what is happening, it's not proper. Like it's not, it's not Ayoba. This is not how we're supposed to be doing our things. Let's come on the table. If it means tonight, we come and we meet. Our emails are ready. Our phone numbers are ready. Come and we talk. And let's stop the police brutalization that has happened. A female yesterday was shot in her leg. I think currently she's in hospital. But Mr. Lesibe never touched on that. So that's the other thing that concerns me, that the issue now has been about property, not about the lives of students that have been put at risk. And and the university management has allowed that to happen. Mm. I sent a text to, 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 to the vice chancellor that day asking him, how is he allowing students, how is he allowing all this to take place? And he ignored me, showing that he doesn't care. So that's the issue here. We are dealing with very arrogant people. It comes okay. to them that they must be, be, be able to take decisions and provide leadership as, 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 a fellow, as a fellow callers have highlighted. Thanks, Sunshine. We're out of time. Mr. Sushoka, very briefly. Yes. Hello. Yes, Mr. Sushoka. Okay, uh, we lost Mr. Sishoka there. So that's where we're going to leave it. Uh, you've heard for yourself from the students, from the institution, uh, and hopefully, you know, they will find each other so that UKZN can get uh, back to some form of normalcy there. And uh, for those of you asking that book that I was talking about, it's The End of Power uh, by Moises Naim. And uh, really, really interesting book. And I think anyone uh, who's anyone in any position of power in any institution should really get their hands on it to see how power is shifting and changing in this new era. It's just after nine. Thanks so much for your participation. And uh, Kumuzile Tabete standing by with the latest news.